on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Frisella, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome motherfucking reality guys today we have an awesome show for you uh it would normally be cti but we have a special special edition of uh we'll call it cti okay you'll find out in a second um as always uh make sure you remember to pay the fee i'm gonna get right into the show uh we have a special guest here today uh mr vivek ramaswamy What's up, man? man? Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Thanks for coming through. I love that slogan, by the way. Pay the fee. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. That's yeah, pretty good. It's memorable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it is. I, I like it. that. Hey. Yeah, it lands. But not so there wasn't a tagline of the show. I said, that's the fucking tagline. Hey, like, that is it's a, tag. a hashtag. It, it's Listen, the people... We all love the people here. Yeah, we don't the have people no love it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we ain't got hoes here. Yeah. No, no hoes over here. <laughs> so We're good. As I mentioned, guys... You know, we're going to do something a little bit different today, and I'll let DJ kind of bring this up. But uh, before, before we get into that, I just want to say, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think what you're doing um, is a very important. I like the fact and how you're doing it. You know, you're coming around to the podcast circuit. You're speaking to the people directly. You're having hard conversations. And whether people agree or disagree, uh, everybody should respect that. I, think I appreciate it's, that, I think man. It's the best, I think it's the best thing that I've seen from any politician, and I know you're not a politician, you're an entrepreneur, yeah. um, but I think that's the way it's going to be from now until the future. I think you, we're going to have to get out here, we're going to have to talk with the real people and answer some real questions, and um, I'm looking forward to having a good conversation with you, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I think yeah. one of the things that's worked for me is if you get too attached to saying that I – mean, first of all, I don't relish the idea of being in the White House. Yeah. Right? It's something I volunteered to do. But if you start fetishizing and you attach yourself to that, then you say, okay, well, what do I say to get there? I look at it the other way. I'm going to tell the people in this country who I am and what I stand for. And if they like me, they can vote for me. Well, and if they don't, I'm fine with that. They can go with somebody else as long as they know the truth. And I'm good with that. Isn't that the point of political office? I mean, yes. aren't we supposed <laughs> to return to an idea that is supposed to be of service, right? Yes. Like you had a pretty nice life. A very you, nice life. You, you've done some pretty nice things. You're a very financially successful man. And just like the military, when you sacrifice to join the military and you yeah. know you give up certain things and certain time periods of your life, that's what we're missing in politics as well. And I think so. And yeah. I think so. And I think that I hope that many of the people who are working in a government bureaucracy, that that also isn't what they're doing for the rest of their life, mm -hmm. right? Part of why I want eight-year term limits for anybody who works in the federal government, not just the elected people, but even the people reporting into me. Yeah. And, and so anyway, that's a, a, a different vision of a culture of what the relationship is between citizens. There's a period of time when you serve. Great. Focus on service. Get the heck out. <laughs> don't don't turn that into a career. Yeah. Because that then becomes about turning service into self-interest. You want to do self-interest, do it. Do it as a capitalist. Yeah. Do it the way we were made to do it. So I think that there are phases of life. I wasn't one of those people who served in the military when I graduated from college. That just wasn't where my headspace was. My dad grew up not with a lot of money. My mm -hmm. mom and dad both, working class family in Southwest Ohio. He went through layoffs at GE under Jack Welch's tenure. So, you know, my headspace when I graduated was 
tell me more about that Jack Welch guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, mm-hmm. in seeing whether I break outside of the mold that even my parents wanted me to just focus on a stable career. The idea of being an entrepreneur was outside of the comfort zone for what they had envisioned for me. But for me, that was where I wanted to make it. I've done that now. Yeah. And now I'm in a different phase of my life to say, how do we create the American dream that you've lived? I mean, you're a young person. You've mm-hmm. succeeded at scale, right? How do we make that story normal for the next generation? And I think it takes somebody who's lived a life like you or I has to be able to say, we're going to go in for a short time. God knows I don't want to do this for long, but we'll go do it for eight years, revive the country that we grew up in, maybe one even greater than the one we grew up in. And then pass the torch on to somebody else. That's yeah. the way I look at it. We are perfectly aligned in that in yeah. that idea. I, yeah. I believe a hundred percent that we need people who have actually accomplished things, who have done things outside political office, to lend their skill set, lend their time to the country uh, in its time of need. And and I think that anybody who's watching you right now, if they're honest with themselves, that's refreshing, dude. You know Thanks, whether man. whether they like everything that you say or or they have you know theories about this or that the reality is is we're we run a we live in a country with a very fat bloated old entitled government where it's become the norm for people to go to office in order to get on in on the inside deal mm-hmm. or to make personal wealth and what we really need is some of these other guys out here say you know at least starting to speak up at least starting yep. to get engaged and not just you know sipping their mai tais on their on their beachfront property, right? Like yep. we could all be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that gets, I mean, you know, in a certain sense, that also for me at least, I get, I, I got restless going through that period mm-hmm. of my life. And then you bring two sons into this world, it changes your perspective. Mm-hmm. There's more to life than the aimless passage of time. For sure. It sounds like misery. Right? We're, each, we're put, it, it, that's prison. Yeah. And that prison could be in a beachfront mansion. That prison could be, in uh, you know, in in a tough, lower income, working class neighborhood in the inner city, yeah, it's almost like the circumstance doesn't actually matter. It's the mentality with which you approach your purpose. At least for me, mm-hmm. I don't need sleep when I'm guided by my sense of purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that that's part of what our. How old are you again? You're about 44. similar to me. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're cut from similar, you know, age vintage. I think that people our age, especially and younger, are badly in need of a cause right now. Yeah. Like we have no sense of purpose and direction and meaning. I'm saying broadly as a generation, we have a chance to revive that. And I think much of what I'm up against, or at least much of what I've been complaining about, let's put it this way, over the last several years, wokeism, climate ideology, gender ideology, pick your favorite poison. (laughs) Yeah. It's a substitute for, you know, pick your other favorites, faith, patriotism, hard work, family. When those things disappear, we need to latch on to something. And especially young people, we're we're latching on to whatever served to us, not because we like what they're serving us, but because we're desperate for something. And so I think there's an opportunity. And and I only got familiar with, you know, what you're doing yeah, for frankly, the last today, 10 minutes. You know? yeah, right. But 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 there's a sense in which even your own self worth, reviving that self confidence through fitness, through hard work, through achieving something in the world that you create that didn't exist before, that can fill the vacuum for somebody else. Belief in God, traditional faith, belief in this country, 
that there is a nation built on ideals, that I pledge allegiance to that nation, that I have two parents and, and or children and I'm married, that that's a stable family foundation that guides my purpose. Whatever it is we're going to need, you know, the way I'll say faith, family, self-worth, patriotism, right? Pick two. Yeah. But it can't be zero mm -hmm. or else you're lost and you're going to latch on to something without realizing that you're subscribing to a new religion. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening in the countries. People think they're not religious when, in fact, they've just adopted these deeply religious convictions. Yeah. And that's the most dangerous kind of religion of all is when you're subscribing to religion when you don't admit to yourself that you actually are. That's what's going on in much of our modern culture yeah, in the United I, States. I think I think you're hitting on a very, very important point that's going on with the culture. You know, when you and I were growing up, we had those things, right? Like yeah. we had we were taught, you know, pledge allegiance. We were taught the American values. We were taught things like go out and win, go out and build things. Yes. Yeah. Be, be of service, be useful. Right. Totally. And we we absorb these things and we created purpose. And, you know, you and I have both executed and and I think, you know, we've gotten a lot, we've gotten further in a short amount of time than a lot of people get in their whole lives at that game. Yeah. But, you know, purpose changes and purpose shifts. And for, for me, and I think for you too, obviously with what you're doing with your actions, you know, the idea of leading by example has to run it it runs through me, dude. Like when I look at what's going on with our uh, our, I, I would say lost generation right yeah. now. Yeah, you know, it it definitely comes down to a lack of pride, a lack of identity as American culture, um, and I think that's been intentionally installed. I think that's yeah, I think something that's yeah. I mean, well, I think I think it goes so so that I, I kind of view it. I view it like ninety percent similarly to that mm. i think there definitely is an intentional installment agenda going on in this country mm -hmm. often comes in acronyms mm -hmm. you know my, my general yeah. views if it comes in acronym be skeptical esg cbdc un yeah WHO. what's that who right because if it's an acronym it's designed to be boring for a reason they don't want you to pay attention to it and I've I've written books about this stuff. My first book, Woke Inc., is about the merger of what I call state power and corporate power, the woke industrial complex to do what neither can on its own, victimhood culture. My third book was about the ESG movement. We, we could talk about the different top-down forces, the COVID agenda, the climate agenda, now in, in, I would say, more nefarious and lasting form. But here's the thing. That trick only works if you have a culture individuals that are lost that are willing to buy up what they're selling right if you don't bend the knee to the real thing yeah you have God, to remove you, you have bend to the knee to something yeah you first have to remove something and then replace it with something else right that, but, the, but this removal in some ways is the individual responsibility because i've moved a little bit from where i was a couple of years ago just complaining about the way that they're removing it how about taking a look in the mirror right i mean i think that the question is if we take a long, hard look in the mirror, I think we have to ask ourselves, what is it inside each of us that makes us want to bend the knee? I took my son to Washington, D.C. He's three and a half years old. <laughs> That's a good question. It's, it's interesting. And so yeah. we're in June. It's Pride Month. We're walking around Washington, D.C. In, in the evening. Okay. Capital of the United States. And we talk, you, you made the reference to pledging allegiance. So mm -hmm. we, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That's what we grew up saying every morning in school. 
we don't do that anymore. You walk around Washington, D.C. in the month of June. I kid you not. We saw more trans flags, not just the you know rainbow gay right. rights flag. No, the trans, the new transgender but, yeah. flag. This week's U- flavor. And Ukraine flags, <laughs> right? Versus the U.S. flag yeah. in the United States Capitol. Think about that. There were combined, on a combined basis, more flags for the nation of Ukraine and for the transgender movement than there were for the United States of America. So there's a very real it's, sense. We require these symbols, right? So if you don't pledge allegiance to that flag, it's not some like abstract analogy. We literally pick other flags. That's right. To pledge allegiance to the trans flag and particularly what I think is going on, this weird thing in the United States. I don't know where you are on this, but the weird religiosity around Ukraine, I think is. <laughs> oh, we got it. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. I think it's, it's fucking absurd, side, bro. A lot of heat for yeah. this. But, I know. I think okay. it's absurd. We shouldn't be. Si- Look, man. Little go to little. San Francisco. Go to Los Angeles. Go to go Maui. To, go to downtown St. Louis. Yeah. Go to all these cities. The fact that we're sending a fucking dollar to anyone else is absurd right now. It's, it is It is criminal, actually. Yeah. I think it's literally criminal because in this particular case, I believe it is a repayment for a bribe of the son Absolutely. of a sitting U.S. Yes. president. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. But, but the reason then that begs the question of why the Republicans are going along with it, and it is this deeper muscle memory that we have built dating back to the Iraq war that you make up for your own insecurity at home by projecting an artificial strength abroad, fighting a war that you're destined to lose, but then just define it after the fact. Do as you though think you that's what it is? Or do you think uh, it's that these dudes are on fucking payroll, man? Well, they're on, they're on, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, like, so the, so the look, Democrat, look, they're machine, not us. Like these guys the Democrat are machine is definitely a, on yeah. payroll. There's a lot in the Republican side that are on payroll. That's too. right. Actually, just look at some of the other, you know, look at some of the who's, other candidates, who's donating how they've made political money. campaigns. Or who gets to be a military contractor after their short stint in the UN yeah. right? and, mm-hmm. and goes from being in debt to making eight million bucks, yeah. operating a military contractor and mm-hmm. being on the board of Boeing to Lockheed Martin to, to you name it. So that's like 75 percent of it. But I, I, but I believe in getting to the truth. And it is weird. I have to tell you, unless unless there are facts, I don't know. There are donors I've lost, like potential big backers and donors. That's supposedly what you need to win a presidential race. But. It is what it is. I'm going to stick to saying what I believe. Who I don't think, like I have no basis to believe, have direct financial interests that benefit from the war. And yet the one position, the third rail that stops them from being able to support me. They love my, you know, domestic policies and deregulation and shutting down administrative state. They'll get me behind all that. They'll be with me on the anti-woke message. But when I tell them we're done paying to defend an invasion across somebody else's border when we have an invasion across our own southern border here at home to say that, no, 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 this is this is the third rail. I can't support you with that kind of position on Ukraine. Like At first, my reaction is, I mean, definitely the Biden family's compromised and this is a repayment of a bribe. Right. Even many of the neocons in the Republican establishment, these are people who are looking in the name of running for president, their next board gig on Lockheed Martin or, or Raytheon mm-hmm. or whatever. But there's a subset of people, very wealthy people that don't need more money, and I don't think are directly making money off this war, but have this still imperialist bone in their body that they just can't let go of. Yeah. And I think it relates to a sort of ego deficit, actually. When you lose your true sense of self-worth, you start actually creating your sense of self-worth from artificial things. And this idea that I'm at the top of the food chain, 
in the United States of America, it better darn well be the country that's projecting its strength through fighting foreign wars somewhere that, that I'm not going to go to. Yeah. That my kids aren't going to go to. Yeah. But that somebody else's kids the, the, are. The, the peasant, to, the to peasant me, class kids, exactly, they're going to go fight these wars. To make me feel like I can flex my muscle right. while I'm at the beach house. Yeah. I think that there's an element of that. Like if we're getting, I can see that. It's like not just the Lindsey conspiracy; Graham it's the psychology. You, totally. Yeah, you totally. see Lindsey Graham go there and say the best money we ever spent was kill a bunch of Russians. Yeah, bro, that's bullshit. And not, Americans don't feel that way. Americans they, don't feel that way. No. no way. We're over here like, fuck you, fighting this war, bro. Like yeah. you gonna go fight this? Like no, nobody wants this. I send Lindsey Graham to the front lines. Yeah, he, they all deserve to go to the front lines, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they believe in the yeah. war. Hey, listen, let them stand for if, it. I I totally agree with yeah. that. All right, I'm liking you more and more. All right, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. This is the truth. I, I'd give Lindsey Graham some credit if he were willing to go, you know, teach him how to go, 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 yeah. go teach him how to operate have, those weapons, do it in the front line. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'd, I'd send he, him. He for does that. have a commission. Like he's, I think he's uh, Air Force Reserve, Army Reserve. He actually yeah, has. Well, a, he's he's definitely in favor of. He said it's the best money we've ever spent. I think it's the best foreign trip we'll ever send a U.S. senator on. It's actually. the best money. We I'll, ever spent. Yeah, I'd sure. pay for his flight to go out there. Yeah, this fucking dude. Look, dude. These guys are literally treating the American people as if we are the ATM for their conquests and their bullshit deals that they're doing all over the world. Well, we are like, their ATM. Yeah, yeah, I know, bro. Yeah. But why are we sending, like, not only do we pay half of our income to these people, and when we add it up, let's be real, it's more than half, all right? That makes us slaves. These, mm -hmm. these people are sending your kids and your sons and your daughters in the name of this patriotic delusion to go die. Like mm -hmm. this, it's absurd. I just posted that video of, of uh, the, the Gold Star families on my Instagram. Dude, that was, that was heartbreaking to watch. Like, how can you watch that and not understand what these people think of us? Like, when I say us, dude, I come from the same class everybody else listening here. I'm not part of their team, right? I might have a, a couple dollars, you know, Vivek's got a few dollars. We, we, but like, dude, we're not part of their crew. Yeah. And like these people see us, the people as their way to finance, their way to get wealthy and their soldiers to fight their wars. And this totally. is absurd, dude. This is not what we're here to do. No. And you know, the funny thing is there's this mythology around it too, right? If you, if you rewind two, three years ago, even the mainstream New York Times style media was talking about the fact that Ukraine has some serious Nazi issues yeah. domestically. Okay. Yeah. Right. This is a guy, you know, this Pied Piper of Hamlin in cargo pants that somehow has become an American God substitute for a modern religion is we have, who needs, who needs God oh, when you have Zelensky, yeah. you know, is, is a guy who has actually shut down 11 opposition parties. He is a guy who has, consolidated all media into one state media arm and he is trying to chain gang us into a war right yeah he's rooting for world war because i mean say what you will about the guy you know comedian in cargo pants he still is doing what might be in his own self-interest and arguably what he thinks of as his job if you chain gang these guys into war then at least that's good for ukraine but the problem is, in some ways, it's not even I, I, mean, I could complain about Zelensky and point to all of his hypocrisies all we want. It goes back to that question. Easy to point the finger at the other. What the heck is going on in this country that makes us fall for this trick? Right. We said we had the 1994. I don't think people fall for no. it, bro. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, we're not. I, I, but yet we have put in class we both parties. Let's just be honest. Yes, but dude, Democrats and Republicans, if there's one thing they agree on right now. OK, the worst ideas are bipartisan. Yeah, but that's not the people. 
Well, the people need to step up and do something I about agree. it. Because I'm the I, only person on that debate stage. I agree. Who I mean, I'm on there with eight Republicans, yeah. and I'm one out of eight on that stage yeah. standing for what you and I are saying. So yeah. the people better rise up and make this happen, or else we have a farce of two different political parties who we claim are vehemently disagreeing, kind of a pissing contest no. about who's more anti-woke. Listen. That's a sideshow compared to where we're actually sending our actual dollars. So yeah, better be an uprising, which is what we need in this country. Listen, dude. You you're a business guy. How many how many lawyers have you been around? A lot, right? Many, right? many, many lawyers. We all <laughs> know many. the game with lawyers. And the game with lawyers is very simple. They pretend to be enemies, they go play golf and they talk about how they're gonna yes, fuck you out yes, all your money. Yes, it's that, actually a good point. That is the whole game. It's actually like, a good point. You they you know what they say when you get a lawsuit regular like you got hey. Do not call the other guy. No, I know. No matter exactly. what you do, don't call him. And then you know how you solve shit? You call the dude. I know, I know. Yeah, exactly. It saves you millions of dollars because, because you because you disintermediate the middle class. You know, you know who else is like this? Actually, this is a new one that my eyes got open to. The world of political consultants, actually, they like that too, right? Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. It's it's just don't like, talk to so and so. It's just it's just mercenaries, yeah. right? In the middle, sales force, and so and so, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so and so the guy who are running some of the big super packs of the other guys will be like, you know, three weeks before is like at my house, like you know, still have a text message relationship, you know, pass along stuff. Yeah, it's a game. Yeah. It's a farce. Yeah. it's a bunch of and mercenaries. they're fucking backstabbers too, bro. Because the minute you don't go with them, or the minute you don't totally, promote, they're all of a sudden they're sending a press release out Leaks. about yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, dude, exactly, it's, exactly. It's, a, it's vicious, dude. People it don't is. get that. And so it's a good point that in a yeah. certain way, that's kind of what's going on at the governmental level as well but anyway this i do think this will be what separates the boys from the men in the republican party is our willingness to defect from the super PAC puppet class on the question of ukraine right now yeah. and and it, if it's not ukraine now it'll be some other war you know it was Iraq before, it'll be another one tomorrow yeah. what's that you know taiwan and china you know taiwan and, i mean listen. look i think that the things i've said i mean they're 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 raining arrows on me right now for a reason but i'm speaking truth yeah and you know what if we're and I'm not some I'll just some- isolationist for the sake of being an isolationist. If somebody's attacking us on our turf, you know what? I'm not okay with the Chinese spy balloon flying over half this country. No. Okay, if you're going to attack the homeland, compromise our actual sovereignty on the homeland, you better have hell to pay for it. But the irony is we look the other way when that's happening right here at home. Mm-hmm. We're in a modern opium war, which I think is also a big problem. That's a big part of intentionality. Of It's not drug addiction. It's fentanyl artificially laced into Percocet that gets sold via Snapchat. It's coming from Wuhan to Mexican drug cartels. These are issues that I'm very open to talking about how we handle, but we're deflecting that instead by focusing on no, two yeah, thugs we, we fighting it out. Well, let's be yeah. real, dude. Let's, let's yeah. be fucking real. First of all, Zelensky is a puppet. All right. He is the front man for the World Economic Forum, global yes. communist movement. That's the that we'll talk about and that. You guys, too. Yeah. Say, you guys are getting into yeah. it. <laughs> Listen, he's the front man. Yeah. They, the reason he's an actor is because he's actually he's an, actor. an actor. He's literally an actor. Right. Yeah. And the reality of what's going on in the world is we have a compromised president who's taken millions of dollars to make policy decisions that are not in the interests of the American people. They are in the interests of China and other countries, and that's why we have an open border, and that's why we have crime wave, and that's why we have all this crazy shit going on. This the, family sold out absolutely. U.S. foreign policy yes. for them to get rich. Yes. And that's wrong. Yeah, and they don't even – bro, that's just dead the wrong. dude smirks. He smirks when you talk about it. Yeah. Like he smirks. Like it's a fucking joke, bro. People out here – listen, man, we're here in the Midwest, man. Most of these people out here are just hardworking – Regular Americans that are common sense, 
that they just don't want to be fucked with, man. Yep. You know, and these guys are laughing at us. Mm-hmm. Like that's how America feels. And and dude, if you want a political consultant, I'll give you some political consultation. Here's the reality with you, okay? You say all the right shit, and it's great. Like, and we, I, dude, I'm I'm watching I'm the debates, my head, yeah. and I'm like, fuck yeah, this <laughs> nice. is right. But there's the American people, and you're noticing this on the internet. The American people have a problem trusting anybody right they now should. because they've been so violated. They should, and so they think everybody, including me. They, you know, we, we, we can't tell like, is this person affiliated or is this person a plant or is this another Zelensky puppet? And it's the, that's going to be your biggest it's the hurdle truth. to overcome. I know. Totally. I, I mean, know, that, because we, we have a government and people have run for government yeah. and people in power that have systematically lied. Yeah. And so if you look like the others, how do I know that you're real? And yeah. It's the reality of where we are. So people should be skeptical. I would say believe nothing that yeah, anybody dude. feeds you, but you're going to have to make a choice about what your best chance is of moving a country forward. And that's unfortunately the best we're going to get you right now. You know where now people are hitting you right now? Trust. They're hitting Which you on this, on this Obama line from the debate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they're saying, they're saying that you're the Republican Obama. You know what? I, I actually, there are elements of that yeah. that I'm actually leaning into. Yeah, because you want to know what Obama's really good at? He's filling that void. So what he did, he he leaned into his race. He leaned into his identity and says, "Okay, now it's about race and gender and sexuality and climate." Mm-hmm. When we conservatives, what have we been doing? And and I don't even use that word that much. We in the pro-American movement, what I, have we I been doing? I don't see you as a conservative. I mean, I, really I see d- you as a common sense dude. I'm pro-American as well. Yeah, I that's am, what I see. really. Yeah. And so we in our pro-American movement, what have we been doing though? Myself included. I'm not criticizing other people. Take a look at my three books. What have I been doing? I've been criticizing that vision. Right. And I realize that's not good enough. Yeah. That's not going to fix the country. We have to actually play that game by offering a better vision of our own. So if they're giving us race, gender, sexuality, and climate, I think we would do better to talk more about the value of the individual, the family, the nation, and God. I think individual, family, nation, God beats race, gender, sexuality, and climate. And so far in the Republican Party, we have a bunch of partisan hacks that recite slogans. They're handed down in a binder, criticize them. And what do they teach us even for the debate? What are the debate mm-hmm. standard debate wisdom and preparation is you look at the super PAC leak of, you know, the uh, which one was it? it was the DeSantis camp that had their super PAC leak, their memo, criticize Biden at least three to five times. And that's the traditional advice that all the candidates will get. The way I look at it is, first of all, it's super robotic. But second of all, you're missing the point if you're criticizing Biden. He's a puppet. Yeah. Zelensky's a puppet. Biden's a puppet. We have to actually have a vision of our own. And the left is actually good at this. The left will give you a vision. They will. It's the wrong vision, but they'll give you a vision. And the alternative side, the Republican Party, is so pathetic that it has not for years offered an affirmative vision. Now, Trump actually brought a new, at least character to the Republican Party, and that's good. He still he still but, fa- fails a little bit. But we got to say, what do we, ac- yeah. what do we actually stand for? What are we running yes. to? And so in a certain sense, yes, I think we need that to actually have an alternative vision that dilutes the other side's poison to irrelevance. And people say, oh, are you just a lot eloquent talking in a, you know, no, in, I don't in a, think in a anybody... nice way? Good. I want to use the gifts I have been given yeah. 
who stand for an actual vision that contributes to this country. I don't think anybody's, I don't think that's what people are afraid of. I think people love your charisma. I think people think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Cool. Thanks. We all have our gifts. We'll use them. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And it's required in business. Like it makes perfect sense. Definitely required in politics. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think where they're afraid of is they think like, okay, this guy reminds me of Obama. And when Obama got elected, and you probably remember this as well, like I, I didn't really care for him, but I was hopeful. He inspired me to think, man, all right, I didn't vote for this guy, but man, he could do this and it could work and it could be awesome. I hope he does good things. Yes. And and I think what people are afraid of- I didn't of, feel that way. I actually sat it out. I voted Libertarian in 2004. Yeah. I sat it out in 08 because both him and McCain, I said- this yeah. ain't happening. Well, yeah. that's a, that, I, I don't, I think that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> like, they both suck. That's, that's the way I felt but, about it. Yeah. But uh, I did vote for McCain because I did what a lot of people did this last time and voted against the guy, um, not for the guy. Right. And, you know, I didn't know as much then. But what I think they're afraid of is I think they're afraid if they get behind you. Because mm-hmm. when Obama went in, he didn't do any of the shit that he said he was right. going to do. He did all the opposite shit. Yeah. And I think that's what I think that's a pain yeah. point for people right now. Like I, think it's, I think it's bruising. Yeah. 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 The skepticism is like there's no track record. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, how do we trust this guy who came, you know, in optics out of nowhere? Yep. Right. How do we how can we trust that this person in the most tumultuous time that we've been in as a country? Right. Politically. Yep. Historically. How do we trust a person to just come in that we don't know with no proven track record? How do we trust that? Yeah. So, look, I think that. Here's what I'll say. The people who do have track records, that's not the track record you <laughs> They're want. They're shitty. <laughs> right? I mean, Mike Pence said it on the stage. We, we don't have time for a rookie. Oh we don't want God. someone too young. What, what do they call me? I a think neophyte. he killed himself with that one comment. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. But, but, but I'm just well, saying. Amongst that, other things. That's, but that's from the Mike Pence view. But even from, from our people point of view to say, okay, but still, you're, how do you know you're not just selling me a hope and dream? Are you actually going to hold the line when you get into office? Look, it's not my job to persuade you. Okay, my job is I'm just going to tell you who I am and what I stand for. You should be skeptical. I can tell you you guys if you guys don't want that, then 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 go with somebody else and find better. But here's what I will say about this, though, is. Look at the heat I'm taking now already. Okay, it is obvious to anyone who's watching that I have, like, this should shock no one. There could be tens of millions of dollars of backing coming into super PACs, et cetera, for me. I'm in many ways what many in that establishment would dream for, right? A guy with a business background, a guy who has come up through elite educated institutions. And I know many of these people, they're ready to support me. And then they hear the things that I'm actually saying and they say, oh, we can't quite get there. So like, does that make sense in the sense for me to sort of say, I have all that teed up. Let's say this is about my power, dominion and control. Okay, how do I get to the closest seat of power that I possibly can by playing some political snakes and ladders? Well, first of all, think, look at the stuff they're hitting me on now. You didn't. There were many years I didn't vote in my 20s. Well, I wasn't plotting to be president my whole life. Turns out. Okay, (laughs) if I was now plotting to do it, what would I be doing? All the people, the hedge fund kings of New York City, many of whom, you know, are people who I overlapped with in my prior life and otherwise whose support would be really meaningful for me to be buying ads in Iowa and New Hampshire and Nevada where I don't have ads on TV because we're being smart and capital efficient, but every other campaign with their super PAC puppets are flooding the airwaves. This would be a lot easier for me to play that game. I'm not. And so 
I think that should at least cause you to think twice. You can listen to the things that I'm saying from the truth about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11 all the way through Jeffrey Epstein's client list to the Nashville shooter manifesto. I'm talking about the things you're not supposed to talk about. That's right. And do you think that's actually helping me right now? Because you could look at, I mean, in, in some sense with the people, I hope it is. I think it is. But in the in the money raising game or all the game that Definitely you would worry not. about Obama or the, or the managerial class, that's not how that game is actually yeah. played. So all I would say it's is actually be skeptical. Too. Absolutely. And I'm living it. I mean, I've got two sons. One's three and a half years old. One's a year old. We have reached the apex of living a great life. We fly. We, we don't have, we're not going to go to commercial airport for the rest of our life if we don't want to, unless it's to train our kids mm -hmm. with the right values, which we probably will. But we can have a beach house and we can have our Ohio house and live a good life. And I like writing books. I'd go on TV plenty if I want to. If suppose I want to be famous and that's the objective. Many ways to do that. I'm just addressing some of the things I've heard. It doesn't make sense to put yourself through this. Go through the sacrifices we are. Take the arrows. Make this job harder by speaking the truth about the hardest topics. Turning down tens of millions of dollars that otherwise could be in the coffers if this was about any game other than reviving truth in this country. And you know what? I've said this in the beginning. I, I'll say it again. I would rather speak truth at every step and lose this election. I'm totally at peace with that than to win by playing some carefully scripted path to winning. And I truly don't know which is going to be the winning strategy. I really don't. It's an interesting experiment for me, actually. At the start of this campaign, I'm curious how the world works, how this country works. We're going to find out. Yeah. Okay, if I'm unrestrained and speak in my mind at every step and totally comfortable that that may not lead to winning this election. If everybody in this country knows who I am and what I stand for, and they don't want to go with me and they want to go with the other guy, whoever that is, I am totally cool with that. But all I would say is you have the choices you do. You can't be sure about anybody because as much as we're going, showing up on the ground in Iowa, New Hampshire, and meeting thousands of people, I'm not going to meet the 300 million people across this country. Mm -hmm. You didn't pre-script these questions with me. I'm doing these forums more than mm -hmm. I am just standard cable television. But at the end of the day, people are going to have to make a judgment. Yeah. All right. And, 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 and if you trust me, I think or you you trust 80% of what I say, probably go with me. If not, I'm not going to change your mind. No, I think you're making but good that's points, up to man. you. I, you know, we talk about on the show, you know, they attack who they don't want. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, you've definitely been getting it. You know what oh, I mean? Look, look at that's, this last that's a, week. that's a big indicator. I think you're making some really fair points about that. Um, and I also think that, and I, I'm just going to say this because this is real. I'm, you know, like, I don't, I'm good with people. Yeah. I don't get that vibe from you. Yeah. Like, I don't get it in person. Like, I don't get this vibe of, like, I kind of get the vibe of how I feel about it, where it's like, yeah, dude, uh, somebody's got to do this. The yeah. sense of passion, urgency. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I got that vibe I mean, three seconds this, in the meeting. I don't relish the idea of being present. That's the other thing. It's yeah. like, you know, now we're, I mean. Why would you want to do that? I mean, honestly, when we started in this campaign, we, we were no, playing to why, win my but... heart. My heart was in it to win. But now it's it's real, right? We're on a trajectory, the same trajectory Trump was. Honestly, I was talking to my wife two nights ago, and it's like, I think this is going to happen. Neither of us is, like, looking forward to it. But by the time we get out in January 2033, our older son, he won't even be in high school yet. I think we will feel good about what we did for this country. And I think the way I'm looking at this as well, this is one of the mistakes that Trump made. It's one of the mistakes that most presidents make. They actually do promise hopes and dreams that they think they're going to fulfill, but it requires Congress. Repeal and replace Obamacare. You might remember that one. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it would have been nice if it happened, but it didn't because it requires. So nothing that I'm promising requires 535 people in Congress 
to line up and agree with me because I can't make that promise. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the promises I am making, right, that we're going to have a 75% headcount reduction in the federal bureaucracy, that the president can do. That's fucking huge, dude. And the president can do that. I don't need Congress to do that. So every shut down the Department of Education, shut down the FBI. I can do that. The president can, so I didn't know that. Yeah. So the president has the power to make the government smaller. Yes. And that's the the executive branch of government smaller. And that's the president runs the executive. And that's something that you're committed to. That's I'm deeply committed to. In fact, that's the number one thing I'm going in to do. Yeah. There's two things I know I can do. Okay. It's shut down the most of the executive branch of the government that automatically stimulates the economy. And the second isn't even through policy, but it's through the way you lead. Revive national pride in this country. Yep. Those two things, without asking anybody else for permission, that much I know I can get done. Now, there will be some legal scholars who would tell you and, you know, the people who advise Trump and otherwise, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. That requires congressional permission. And if you guys want to go into details, I can go into details that say, no, no, no. And this is where Trump got duped, right? They told him you can't fire federal employees because they have these so-called civil service protections, right? Special protections that say if you're a federal employee, you can't be fired. Mm. You got to read the law. It doesn't apply to mass layoffs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The whole point is if you work for, I don't know, the EPA. Yeah, you can't you single I, them out. Yeah, I can't you can because it. you disagree with me, but you're some environmental monitor that I can't fire you. Fine. You could disagree or not with the policy. That's what the law says. If I'm saying that, no, no, all y'all are gone <laughs> because we're cleaning house and this stimulates the economy. And that's actually one of the justifications in the law. If it stimulates the economy or eliminates redundant agencies, you can shut down agencies. You can fire large numbers of people. And that's absolutely what I'm bringing to Washington, D.C. And so it does take a pretty rare combination of somebody coming in from the outside with complete disregard and disrespect for that professional political class. And I didn't realize it, but apparently that disdain came across on the debate stage last week. I didn't mean it that way, but I just do have a natural disdain for the professional uh, managerial I, I think that political only class. Helps you. But but it has but you have to also know what you're talking about when yeah. it comes to the law or else you're going to be duped yeah. by those same people who are your advisors mm-hmm. that tell you all the reasons you can't do it. So then we do it. And I've also studied the current Supreme Court, which I give Trump a ton of credit for one of the most valuable things he did. And it's important. They agree with me six to three on this. So then we go in there and get that done. By the time I'm leaving in January 2033, the Supreme Court's already said, no, no, this guy's right. Six to three. The next guy who takes over after me, I and I will be I will relish in handing over the keys to whoever that person is, doesn't have his hands tied in the same way that my hands are tied nominally on day one. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I look at it. This is eight years. You go in. Parts of it are going to feel like a sharp poke in the eye. I'm sure it's nice to ride around on Air Force One, but it's less of an upgrade for me than it is for many people from than it was for Barack Obama. Get into that position of community organizer. That's not why I'm in this. I'm in this because I think that I didn't serve this country, actually. I, I think there's a lot of ways to serve a country. You don't need to apologize totally for being agree. a capitalist. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't serve the country in a civic sense. I did it as a capitalist. And this is going to be my way of doing it. And I know to a lot of people that, and maybe in some measure it is just ridiculous to say, yeah, I'm going to do my national service. I'm going to do it by being U.S. president. But the honest truth is we all have to look ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves, how am I going to use the gifts that God has given me, that God has given you, that God has given you to make your maximal contribution. And I don't think being the president's the most important job in the country. I really don't. He has, he has an important role to play, but I'm not sure if it's more important to be a president or a pastor right now. In fact, you could make an argument that a pastor is going to fill that vacuum 
with something far more meaningful than a U.S. president ever can. It's not my job to be a pastor, but I will I will fill it with a vacuum of national identity. That's something the president can do. And that's something I'm confident I can. I think you're hitting on a super important part of, of the puzzle here. What you just said about it not being important, this is no different than us running our companies. Yes. Like people will say to you, oh, you're the CEO or you're the chairman or you're this. And, and it's so such a big deal. And it's like, no, it's just a part of the it's just part of the requirements to, to do the mission. Totally. And, and <clears throat> president is just like that. That's how I look at it as well. I see it the same way you're seeing it. And, and I think that actually, if we're being honest about what's going to fix the country, it isn't going to be a president. It's going to be individuals in their communities deciding that they want to live a higher standard of life, meaning culturally, yep. and then spreading that to their neighbors, to the left, to the right, to their sons and daughters, to their cousins. And when people lift themselves up, other people start to look at them and they say, what's, what's he mm -hmm. doing? What are you what are you doing, Vivek? You look great. You've been taking care of yourself. You know, right. you've been working hard. I, I see your family. They're great. How do you do it? And then that spreads. Totally. And that's what we're talking about here. We're I feel like we have been lulled to sleep as a culture to believe that we are dependent on somebody two thousand miles away to make the decisions for us when in reality the decisions they make have very little effect on our lives that's right and our community and what you're talking about american culture american pride american identity american mm -hmm. values these things have to come from you guys listening they don't come from vivek they don't mm -hmm. come from trump they don't come from anybody else they don't come from andy they don't come from anybody they come from you living it and i agree with that statement i that's a very i I think that's the best thing you said so far, honestly. And, and the truth yeah. is it's 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 a responsibility that comes with part of the role of being the CEO. Then it's not that it's the most important position, but part of the position in a company or part of the position in being the CEO of the executive branch and leading this country is here's the standard I want you all to hold me to. Do you, do you have kids, by the way? No. Huh? You know, okay. You guys have, I have two. You have two, two kids? I've I got two sons as well. I we, we weren't able, able to have kids, so it was like it's not that we didn't want to; it's just, it just didn't ever happen for us. Okay, well, but, but I have you're a, young, and there's I have a long an extreme life ahead. I have an extreme sense of responsibility to our young younger generation. Perfect. Um, and there, and you know what, life is long, and there's many ways to yeah, you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that. You well, you're raising about 400 of, of them in here to see, yeah. to see how that exactly yeah, yeah. A, few, a few on the end of this <laughs> microphone too. Some right? of them look yeah. pretty, you know, they, yeah. they, they look like they're they're doing what fine under yeah. your tutelage here. Their dad didn't leave. I here. want you to be able to look at each of those people out there, those young people on the yeah. basketball court and in the gym. You to look at your two kids. I want to look at my two sons and tell them in good conscience that whoever that is in the White House, I want you to grow up and be like him. Mm -hmm. That's a high standard. Yes. But I think that that's half the that's half the job of the I next agree. U.S. president is Being the just lead and live your life in a way that allows young people to say, "Okay, I want to grow up and be like him," or a parent to want to tell their kids that same thing. It's the revival of a kind of national character that we missed. Mm -hmm. I think we have missed for a really long time. I think that's half the job. Half the job is getting done what the U.S. president can get done, and if we're lucky. And use that momentum that actually puts us in a stronger position to get a few laws passed too, or better yet, a few laws repealed and then call that a day. That's eight years work. Keep us out of war. Grow the economy. Drop the mic. Next guy. Take over. Yeah, that's it. Go live it's, your it, life. That, exactly. Yeah. That, that's that's what the presidency is. And then there's there's a job for everybody else to play mm -hmm. from CEO to pastor to parent to a school board member. 
there's a job for everybody else to play too. And I do think we fall into this trap. I think the right especially does actually, but I think all of us do in some way is expecting that there's going to be some political messiah coming mm -hmm. from on high yeah, to save us. Otherwise, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, It's not Andy from this show. Nope. It's not me from the White House. Nope. If we're going to be saved, it is going to be because we save ourselves. So I'm not letting you off the hook that mm -hmm. easily. I'm going to do my part as the U.S. president. But it's like, you know, back to that mentality of, well, are you going to sell me this hope and dream? And how do I know you're going to do that for me? I'm not. I'm going to do what I'm telling you I'm going to do, which is my part. But if we want to be saved, you better do your part to save yourself, too. It's going to require all of us to actually, uh, what I call a great uprising in this country, but you have to play no, it's your a part, cultural too. revolution. That, that's what, that's, the good kind. That's what we're talking, right. We're not talking a about. A cultural counter-revolution is really yeah, what no we need. Shit. That's, if yeah. we're being real about it, yep. that's what we're dealing with. Um, but that's that cannot be implemented by anybody else but the individual. Yep. And that's what people are failing. And I, I don't Absolutely. know what that is. I don't know what that savior syndrome thing is that's going on. Um, well, I think because we allow I think a lot person of it, to take a lot of the arrows. Dude, I think a, a lot of time. it came from, I think a lot of it comes from Trump being so different than most of the other politicians that have been around for a long, long time that people have like attached their identity to this man. Uh, and, and by the way, um, I voted for Trump both times. And, I actually like Trump. He's a great president. Yeah. I said on the stage, it rankled agree. a lot of people when I said that. No, it is what it is. I said he's the greatest president of the 21st century. People are like, what did he just say? Let's just go through the list. George Bush. You, you can't argue with what he Barack did. Barack Obama. Listen, Joe Biden. Yes, he was the best president of the we 21st century. We have to century. take all of the shit but that still. people don't like about him off the table and because it's all surface level bullshit. Mm -hmm. All right. The guy got more shit done than anybody else. That is it. And that's how we should be judging people. If you and I are running a company and and this is my vice president over here mm -hmm. and I got this guy over here that wants to be vice president and this guy's tweeting some weird shit, but he does a better job. Guess who's getting the job? The guy that tweets the weird shit. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. And this savior complex comes from everybody attaching their identity to him because he's been so different than everybody else, thinking that there's nobody else like him, when in reality, if there was nobody else like him, he wouldn't draw 100,000 people to his freaking rallies for 30 days in a row prior to the election, which, by the way, was great optics and smart strategy. But the point is, I agree with you. Yeah, and I, think, <laughs> I think we got to move, we got to graduate from yeah, that, right? For we sure. got to graduate from the Maasai complex. And I think it, it takes somebody who, because we're human beings too, yeah. right? I mean, let's, let's, be honest. I mean, there'll be times where if I'm in room for a thousand people, we'll have them captive and people standing up, cheering, chanting at the end of it. It it, it can get to your head. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. human beings. But you but but you, but so then people but then people there want a messiah. And so then you sort of dupe yourself into thinking, well, I am one. And that's, I think, where where it goes wrong, even with the best of what we've had. Right. And in, in the 21st century, I think that's where we fell short. Back to that question, what is it inside our heart that makes us want to bend the knee? We're going to bend the knee to something unless you fill it with the real thing. And so I'm a vehicle for delivering a vision of national identity. It's not about me, what it means to be an American. MAGA, which I, in some sense, consider myself part of. America first, I definitely consider myself part of. That is bigger than one man. Yeah. Doesn't belong to no, Trump. No, it's all of us. It doesn't belong to that's me. Right. It belongs to all of us, right? And that's the mentality of leadership to take our America first agenda to the next level. 
That's what I think it's going to take. I like the America yeah, yeah. First better than MAGA. A lot yeah, better. It just means more. What yeah, does it mean? And, we and put also, America first. If we're actually. being real, America hasn't always been great to everybody. So mm-hmm. when you say make America great again, certain classes of people say, well, what the fuck does that mean? You know, but if you say America first. Put America first. And that means correct. all Americans first. I agree. South side of Chicago to Kensington to Maui. Put them first over some Ukrainian government employees. People don't really know this. They say military equipment. The media doesn't really make this clear. We are literally spending our taxpayer dollars, the way more taxpayer dollars going into the government that should, are literally paying the salaries of Ukrainian government officials right now. So the Ukrainian government's payroll. That's insane. Right? The HR department in Ukraine's government is literally printing money coming, They're processing the checks. Their fucking spokesperson is an American. Yeah. Their spokesperson is an American. Like, it's, it's a transgender American. Like, dude. It's a dude. It's a chick. Yeah, well. No, it's a chick. Whole, dude. Listen, listen, we got a game to play, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to talk with you all day, but we got to play this game. Okay. All right. Let's do the game. We, we, we got something for you. All yeah. right. So yeah. tell us the game, DJ. Well, like, listen, like, we'd like to have a good time on the show. Um, first of all, it was a great conversation. Loved the intro. Oh, dude, I could go on for, we could go on for 12 hours. I love hours. it. But we, I mean, that's what this game hopefully is going to give us the opportunity to do. Okay. So, uh, today, guys, we're going to be playing America is in Jeopardy. It's, it's a Jep party. Geo party. I like Geo it. Geo party. Well, listen, copyright issues. <laughs> I, I went to public high school. I mean, there's a couple of different reasons. I'm <laughs> we do need education reform. Yeah, education reform. Yeah. Sometimes right, it works in your favor, though. I like that. Yeah, so good. we're, we're going to play some Jeopardy. I just didn't want to get sued, honestly. That, yeah, that was that's the biggest thing. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're all good into this. So... Uh, so how's this going to work? So, yeah, so we're, we'll go through our categories, right? And then, you know, you guys can pick a category, pick your dollar amount. We'll go I'm through excited. it. And uh, we'll get to talk a little bit about those issues. So uh, let's go through our categories, shall we? Yeah. Now, who gets the first pick? I think we well, got to give the guests the first pick. I think pick. the guest gets the first yeah. one for okay. sure. Okay. But let's go through the categories. Let's see what we got. We got uh, COVID-19, the greatest reset. See what I did there? I like it. Yeah. I mean, I like the, the cleverness of it. I don't yeah. like the actual substance of it. <laughs> oh, my say that's going to go viral. He said he yeah. loved COVID. <laughs> the greatest reset. I don't like the great reset. It's the greatest reset. Uh, we got Bidenomics. We got uh, the deep, deep state. Immigration. Mm. <laughs> Crime in America. And then our last category, russia Ukraine war. All mm. right. So those are our categories, guys. Uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, play along with us. Let us know in the comments how you guys are doing on these uh, on these categories. But uh, so with that being said, Vivek, well, let's pick go, your first category. Let's go with the deep, deep state for two hundred. Deep, deep state for two hundred. This INGO is the international organization for public-private corporation and engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry uh, and industry agendas. So I'm supposed to name what the what yeah. the organization what, is. What is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is the World Economic Forum? Yes, absolutely. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So let's talk. What, what's your? Do you have any? Uh, like, what, what's your take on the on the WEF? Let, well, let's 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 put this shit. To rest, first mm. of all. I mean, I, I'm convinced yeah. that it is never going to be put to rest. So I'm at peace with that. Yeah. Because because people should be skeptical. Mm-hmm. So I have been probably. Well, I'm, already, I'm sorry. Before, I yeah. already know the the whole, you know, they nominated you as a yeah. young global leader. That's bullshit. Yeah. I, yeah. I've I mean, seen that. They, they actually That's, did that to Greitens, too. They did. They so, did it to Musk. They Tulsi did it to Gabbard. Yeah. So, and, and, so, and so the people who. So I, 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 I don't think it was innocent, mm-hmm. but I don't but I don't know for sure. 
they named me. I was the biggest critic. Look at the look at the person who's been exposing their ESG agenda over the last four or five years. I don't like to pat myself on the back, but there's probably nobody in the United States of America who has exposed their poison more than me over the last four years. Maybe save for Glenn Beck. Okay. Yeah. The reality. I, don't know. I know is, another guy. Yeah, what was that guy's name? That, that Randy Kinsella guy. Yeah. He's got a podcast. I forgot what it's called. I've heard good things about this. Yeah. About this Kinsella. <laughs> so, so the reality is, though, it's the old world. That's what this is about. The old world monster was that we, the people, cannot be trusted to sort out our differences on climate change or racial injustice. They think their agenda, and this is what you have to understand to get it. If you really want to get it, like there's the superficial version that it's, these guys are evil. They want to destroy us. They're coming after us, et cetera. But if you really want to get it, the most frightening part of all is that they actually think they're doing it for your good. Oh, yeah, they believe they're right. doing They believe the it's right not just thing. for their good. Yes. They believe they care about you so much that they have to do what's right for you because you can't be trusted to do it yourself on existential questions like systemic racism or climate change, which is really their favorite. We're too ignorant to know any And about that it. was the old world view because yes. the kings in the old palaces of old world England, they said, we love our subjects. I love my subjects like my children. Mm -hmm. They just, my children can't be trusted to vote and actually decide how they're going to sort out their differences. That's a funny idea if you think about your subjects as your children. Well, the United States of America in 1776 said hell no to that vision. That's exactly how we do it on this side of 1776. And every so often, that old world monster starts to rear its head again. And that's what the modern World Economic Forum is. Mm -hmm. The mountaintops of Davos are the palace halls in old world England. That's what it's about. So, how so do we, how, what, what do we do with them? So I think that mostly what the United States has to do is make sure that we are first building the walls to protect our own sovereignty. Look at those multilateral institutions. I mean, the WHO, sure, that's an easy one. Don't fund an institution that's fundamentally hostile to our sovereignty. I think we have to take a long, hard look at our continued involvement in the UN itself. Oh, dude, we got to be right? gone out of all of them. I mean, I the UN, yeah. why on earth are we funding an institution where... The Human Rights Council is staffed by like the rights of by the likes of like Venezuela and North Korea on the UN. This is madness. Mm. And so I think the US needs to get itself out of these multilateral institutions that are hostile to US interests. Do we need to deal with other countries? Certain other countries? Sure, we'll do it bilaterally. Yeah. But get out of this multilateral globalist view that we're one nation amongst co equals. No. We're the greatest nation on earth. We're going to stand up for our interests. And that's good for the rest of the world. You want to know why? Because when the U.S. is strong at home, that's the last best hope that any other free nation has. Correct. That it can aspire to something. Correct. So that's what we need to stand up for. I love this. I yeah. agree. I love it, man. Yeah. So defund institutions Withdraw, that are hostile. Defund. Yes. And, they will, and they will crumble. NATO right as well. Now, we're paying, NATO's, a, I mean, yeah. NATO's moment, these things should have been tasked. We forces, are aligned here. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, the moment has long passed. It was... To deter the USSR. Yeah. And the news flash that I delivered to some of my fellow candidates on stage last week was the USSR doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. It fell back in 1990. <laughs> yeah, and was... now NATO's taking close, taking us closer to nuclear war with Russia when its supposed purpose was to deter nuclear war with the USSR. Mm -hmm. Time to fold up and move on. Bro, for sure. It. It's interesting that these people continue to pretend like we're dealing with 1980s Russia. Mm. Like... That's right. It's been over for 30 years, man. Yeah, 30 exactly. years. And, and, and the, the reality is, if you're still reciting slogans you memorized in 1980, you're not thinking. Yeah, that's correct. In fact, George you're Kennan. You're not growing. You're not evolving. You're and not what, there's this guy, Kennan. He, he was probably the leading 
architect of our Cold War deterrence strategy. So even the neocons are going to have to respect this guy. In the late 90s, before he died, he said that NATO expansionism was our wor worst policy error in the post-Cold War era. And he was right about that. Yeah. And yet nobody seems to want to admit it today because they're still addicted to their muscle memory from 40 years it. ago. So anyway. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh, let's keep this going. What Vivek is two hundred dollars richer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So far, <laughs> Cyan, are you tracking this? Until you go is for four hundred, man. This? That's right. right. Cool. What we got? Oh, it's me, right? Mm -hmm. Um. Ooh, I think I'm going to take the COVID nineteen, the greatest reset, and I'm just going to go hard and go for the thousand. Go for a thousand. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Ninety-eight point two percent. What is the survival rate of COVID nineteen? Yeah, that's it. Oh wow, yeah, pretty good, it. man. Yeah, you were, well, you were like I said, I, See, I thought it was actually higher than that, but yeah. maybe they're yeah. using third world stats in I, that too. I think the American survival rate is higher. This, this is the stat of people that actually get COVID mm -hmm. um, with no comorbidities. I, th I believe that's what that is. They're throwing all kinds of stats around. The yeah. Part no, I, I think actually if you include that, that that survival rate I think is actually even higher. And they just came out with something this week, right? About yeah, they just came out with something saying that it was actually like less than you know 0.01 percent of yeah. people died of COVID. Yeah. But the problem was like and like listen, like this we, is with including data. every comorbidity. This is everything. Yes. But the thing is like even that stat, the reason you know we didn't put in the show, we didn't talk about it on the last episode either. But it's like that was one week. We're looking mm -hmm. at one like one seven day period. Yeah. Out of the last, like to me, that's just not enough weight. Yeah, you know. So I mean, like we try to be fair. Here. It's really that's good. That's, that's good. What we do. That's good. You, you know, know, like he's call call it like it is. But good job, man. <laughs> so, so you're richer than I am now. So I got to go for some hard ones. <laughs> All right. What we got? Let's go for uh, Russia Americraine war for eight hundred. So I can go for the tie here. All right. Here All we right. go. On twenty six September twenty twenty two, a series of clandestine bombings and subsequent underwater gas leaks occurred on these natural gas pipelines. That was a very kind to the U.S. statement of that description. The Nord Stream one and two. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What, what? I mean, let's just be. Let's just call the fact the fact we did it. We did it. We, we did, did do it. Yeah, Can we all just say that on three? Bombings, <laughs> like, let's just say we, we did it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think it was a mistake. Yeah. I think we should be focusing more on- well, you, think, you think it was a mistake that we did it, or you think it was- I think it was a mistake that we did it. Oh, like, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it was a mistake gotcha. that we did. We absolutely planned it yeah, and It was did intentional. It. Yeah. It, was, it was intentional. I think that there's very little doubt about the fact that the U.S. and some combination of the U.S. and Ukraine did that. Yeah. I think we need to be going in the other direction, where we need to pull- This is, this is what's driving- Russia further into China's arms, right? Because if Russia's not able to be integrated into the economic infrastructure of the West, they're going to go to somebody else's infrastructure. That's China. Yeah, so but we need dude, to be that's going intentional. In well, I, I mean, I, if you want to go to World War III, it's a great plan yeah, to get there. If we have a compromised president who's calling plays like this, and and yeah, then we do that, have a compromised president. Yeah, and I mean, so then that's pushing Russia. Just, just put yourself in China. Putin's, put yourself in Putin's shoes yes. for a second, right? Like, just imagine the tables are turned, and forget it's not Putin because that's a bad word that makes people stop being able to think straight. Sort of like Trump, actually. Just forget the label. Say, say you're in his seat. Okay. Now you see the U.S. president. So you're you're fighting a war against somebody, and the U.S. president's arming to the teeth your enemy. And then you find out that that enemy has been funding the family, particularly the unqualified son that couldn't get a job at 
McDonald's at a fast food chain or right. anything else. I mean, that's that's generous. I mean, McDonald he could he couldn't get a good job period in the United States. Somehow finding one on the board of Burisma, Ukrainian energy company that's affiliated with the government that pays millions. They, they're of like, dollars. oh, this makes sense. Like right. they literally just bribed him to help them. That's what that's what you might say. But the reality is now the U.S. is going in the opposite direction where Russia has to turn to China, where we should be doing the opposite. Do a deal with Russia that says we will reopen economic relations with Russia. We will freeze the current lines of control in Ukraine. We will make a hard commitment that NATO, which we told you, James Baker told Gorbachev in 1990, that NATO would not expand one inch, not one inch was his word, past Germany. Well, we will stand by that commitment at least now, even though we haven't so far, we'll keep it now to say that Ukraine will not be admitted to NATO. But in return, you got to get yourself out of the Chinese. Get mm. out of that Russia-China partnership. Yeah, that, that would make military sense. presence. That would make a lot that, of that sense. Would, that would make sense. Like, it, it would make a lot of sense. And yet we're doing the exact opposite. Yeah, and how does that make sense? Well, it makes sense because somebody's getting rich off of it. That's correct. The Biden family's getting rich That's off right. of it. They've sold off our foreign policy. It's, it's interesting how people keep saying, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, if you think about it just a little bit differently, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect it does. sense. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. Andy, you're up. All we're right. tied right now, a thousand, a thousand. That's what yeah, we're right. trying to do. So. Yeah. All right. Let's go for... Uh, I want to I want to stay on this COVID stuff because mm -hmm. it's starting to get hot again. Let's go for COVID for 800. This type of medical research genetically alters an organism in a way that may enhance the biological functions of gene products. Oh, what is gain of function research? That's it. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah, gain of function. Uh, so this this, this is, is that that's, that's sort of stuff, that's sort of aligned with with what what you've been into right business like biotech and things like that. Yeah, I mean, we weren't like creating viruses that create pandemics in the world. No, 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 no. I know that. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But you get what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know this world. I know this world. Is. I know this world. You yeah. would have got this one. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? We banned it in the United States, and yet they still did it in China. Dude, and, we and then it comes it. back, and, and 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 rogue government agents, Fauci on down, funded it. Funded it. There's actually a good lesson to learn on AI, by the way. So you think you ban something in the United States if it happens in China? It's still going to come back. Right. So, so there's an interesting, interesting parallel. There is there. a hard discussion to have about AI. Yeah. A very difficult one. And, and it's, you said it's a hard problem one. to solve. Yeah. But let's talk about this COVID just for a second, because I want to get your take on this. Sure. Now. Untruthful. It's my opinion. Liable. It's my opinion that what has happened, you know, when we consider the big picture of COVID and we look at all the things that we know now. We look at there's been gain of function research. We we look at that, you know, um, they purposefully withheld effective therapeutics from being accepted or talked about. Or, you know, when they have Joe Rogan talking about ivermectin, they're blasting him through the media. They're not allowing people. They're putting people in jail like America's frontline doctors for talking about hydroxychloroquine yep. and ivermectin. My best friend had to watch his father die over a Zoom call. All right. Mm. So I feel very passionately about what's happened here. And when I look at what's happened here and then the transfer of wealth um, that was hap that was gone along with it, basically the suppression of the middle class into more of a poverty class. Yep. I'm, this is crimes against humanity. All right. I think so. That's how I look at it. And I think this is this is stuff. There has to be accountability. Very, very strong accountability. And I heard you say on a show where you talked about putting down 
the weapons and not holding, you know, not not continuing to slit each other's throats. If it's politicized. Okay, so do, and, and listen, you tell me if, if you disagree, but I think examples need to be made. I think that people should be held accountable in such a way that for 100, 200, 300 years, people understand we do not do this to people. We do not intentionally infect people with a, a virus. We do not withheld or withhold their ability to treat the virus. Yeah. We do not transfer and shut down businesses from the middle class mom and pop to the biggest companies in the world. And I, I believe that everybody associated with this from the media, the key people now, the media, Fauci, all these people who who went along at the decision makers, yep, deserve to be held accountable and made examples of. What's your opinion on that? So I phrase it slightly differently. Yeah, I would I would less take the head on a stake mm. approach because I never want to be them. Right? I just say one standard of the rule of law for everybody, no special exemptions. And what we're seeing right now is there are special exemptions. If anybody else did what Anthony Fauci did, literally intentionally violate a federal law that then actually causes millions of Americans to die yes. as a consequence of that decision, they would be held accountable under the law. So I think it's simpler, which is just apply one standard of the rule of law to everybody, period. That's it. And if you're convicted in a court of law pursuant to that standard of law, you will be punished to the proper full extent of that law. So you're just saying follow the law, follow the law. It's that simple. And so I, I want to the thing I want us to caution against is what are they doing against Trump right now? Right. It's sort of the old style. No, I, I get what you're saying. You find the man. I'll find to, the you offense. Don't, you don't want the right? pendulum to swing back the other yeah, it's way. It's not like so a pendulum far. thing. It's, it's just like I never want I will never lead a Justice Department that says find the man, then find the offense. No. But if we find an offense, then we're going to hold the man or the woman accountable for it. And that's what we need in this country. So the rule of law. And that means that absolutely Anthony Fauci, I believe on the facts we currently have, is criminally liable. Yeah. I'm never going to be the other side and say that's preordained, but it better be investigated, go to a full court of law. And if he's convicted, no way he's getting a pardon on that either. He has to serve the time for what he did for this country. But I stand for the rule of law and I, I want to make sure that we never become them. I get that. I think we yeah. differ there. You know, do we differ though? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, we we do a little bit because I believe this is an I believe this is an exceptional, extraordinary experience that we've all been through. You've never been through this in your entire life, and because I, they broke I. the law. That's right. my point. Yeah, I know, but what I'm but and I understand that. Yeah, but millions of people. Yeah, died. So here's here's millions where I'm at on that people though. People lost their livelihoods. Work, yep. Right. And you and I, I just, both know what what how much did you pay to be where you were? I gave everything. Mm -hmm. dude. I've given everything. And it, when I think of what's happened, I think of it no different than the accountability that needed to be had in Nuremberg and a generation of kids who will never be the same. So I think. That, oh, look, yeah. I mean, that's I, whole, I think, first yeah. of all, we should hold China accountable. Yeah. I mean, there's an intentionality of this from China's side, too. They intentionally yeah, but there's an argument that we did it. Well, there, there, there's there's there's. Accountability for Fauci. Yeah. I think that this should be criminally investigated. Russia, uh, uh, Putin just submitted a 2,000 page document to NATO saying that the, Mer the United States did it out of Ukraine, not out of Wuhan. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, interesting. that's in there somewhere. I yeah. Promise. So, we're, we're, we don't know yet who did it. So, so but the reality is get to the bottom of yeah. it, hold them accountable, apply the law. Yeah. That's what I said. I don't want to make up the law. Apply yeah. the law. We have laws that in this country that reckless government officials intentionally disregarded. Now you have China. So you believe in accountability. I believe in accountability. Okay. 
full accountability I, I believe under in the law. Heads on stakes, rotting on the White House lawn for a thousand fucking years <laughs> for people to see and know that we do not do this to people. And for me, being that mean in prison is good enough. Okay. That's what I would say. That's cool. Yeah. All right. I, I If that happens, I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. We'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, uh, no. Oh, yeah. It's my up. turn. Okay. Yeah, got sure. it. Let's do. The COVID we, narrative is a good narrative. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. 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 Let's do. Uh, which ones haven't we done? Let's do Bidenomics for. What did you just do? 800? Yeah. Let's do Bidenomics for 800. This quickly erodes the real value of local currency as the prices of all goods increase, causing people to minimize their holdings in that currency as they usually switch to more stable foreign currencies. Hmm. So it could be a couple of different things you could say here. You could say inflation, because def that definitely is something that erodes the real value of local currency. Quickly. Let's go with inflation. Inflation? Yeah. And do you want to try? Three seconds. I'm reading it. I mean, inflation does do that, but mm -hmm. yeah, but, uh, I, I would say it was inflation as well. Okay. Well, the answer we were looking for was hyperinflation. Okay. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Listen. Come on. Hey. Come all right. Hey, I mean, I, just I, I, all right. Just all right, Alex. Well, I mean, inflation would be a correct answer, but hyperinflation is also a correct answer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. You know. What I'm I like this guy. It's though. a small yeah, difference. Sorry, he's, small difference. He's all right. <laughs> Uh, let's get back to it. Let's try. You, uh, you want to take another shot? Yeah, sure. Let's do. Um, let's do. What should we say? Crime in America for eight hundred. Okay, crime in America for eight hundred. This horrendous, violent crime happens when an attacker kills or injures multiple individuals simultaneously while using a firearm. Mass shooting. Yeah, of course, absolutely mass shooting. Let's talk about this a little bit because we've been seeing upticks in this in this country. Mm -hmm. um, what do we got on it? I think we got a mental health epidemic in this country. I mean, I think we know how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. We have a we have a giant wave of violent crime in this country. Let's just confront that right now. We know how to address it. More cops on the streets, not I'm mean, on the streets, I mean like literally walking the streets, able to do their jobs without looking over their shoulders for fear of getting sued for doing their jobs. And the second thing is bring back mental health institutions because over the same period that we've seen the shuttering of mental health institutions, we have seen a direct rise in violent crime. Now I'm not in favor of mental health institutions that drug people up. Do lobotomies. Seroquel yeah. and, and Zoloft. And I don't want the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of stuff here, but temporary involuntarily involuntary commitments for psychiatrically ill people who pose a danger to their communities, bringing that back with, by the way, faith-based approaches that restore purpose, do this in a way that does not rely on the pharmaceutical industrial complex. We know how to get this done. Do we have the fortitude to do it? Those are politically incorrect things. Cops walking the street, ensuring law and order, <laughs> making sure that they can't be sued for just simply doing their job that easily and bringing back mental health institutions, including faith-based approaches, including some measure of involuntary commitment for psychiatrically ill people who pose a physical danger to their communities. That's how we address the problem. We know how to do it. We've done it before. Is, we've done it before. Yeah. The question is, do we have the spine to actually so do it? Another, I do. Yeah. But that's what it's going to take. Here's another problem, though. The Soros-funded prosecutors yep. of- They're not prosecuting. Bro. We have one here. Yeah, we yeah. did. Right here in St. Louis. Yeah. Really? And yeah. and they've, they do not- So they've demoralized the police in all of these cities- 
because they will not prosecute crime at all. And and dude, this is another rub for you. You know, I people talk about the Soros scholarship that you that you <laughs> accepted. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. What explain explain that because dude, yeah, sure. George Soros is a my, disaster. Yes, he's, he's a, a criminal disaster. Dude. So so George Soros in about 2016, that's when his <clears throat> coincide with the Trump administration. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. Started finding his soft on crime prosecutors, and I've been a big critic of it, and mm-hmm. we got to put it to an end. To be clear, George Soros has actually been. And his investment partners have been funding people on both sides of the political aisle. There's I'm not going to, you know, call out individuals here, but there's another individual in this presidential campaign who this June hosted a fundraiser hosted by George Soros's investment partners. Another candidate has received one hundred sixty million dollar loan directly from George Soros. So it makes me laugh when those people's opposition research operations say that I got a Soros scholarship. Let's just set one thing straight. Nothing to do with George Soros. I have zero tie with George Soros other than being a critic of his. George Soros has a relative, Paul Soros, who made his money independently, who is long dead, who back in 2010 was one of the funders of a generic scholarship that at the age of 24, I applied for and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, helped me pay for law school, 50,000 bucks or whatever it was for two semesters of law school. Hundreds of kids win it. You're 20 in your 20s. And back in 2010 long before even the prosecutor wave that we're talking about here, some guy with the same last name, Soros, who's a relative of this other guy, George Soros, yes, was one of the funders of a generic scholarship that I won. And I would have had to, at the age of 24, go into law school. Like the politics of that, it's just like not going through my head. There's a merit-based scholarship. It allows you to, in part, pay for law school. You would have had to be a fool. I would have had to be an idiot not to apply for and win that scholarship. And Honestly, anybody who would have done that probably has no business doing trade deals from the White House on behalf of this country. But the fact of the matter is, you know what? Would a guy like me saying the things that I am saying now be able to you know, win something like that now? No. But who cares? I've made it. I understand how to get ahead in this country. Didn't have any strings attached. If it did, nobody's going to put a muzzle on me telling me what I can and can't say. I think people are afraid. But the fact afraid. of the matter is, you I know, it's a disaster. Ba- I think this goes back to the Obama the shit we talked about earlier. Yeah. I think people are afraid that you're going to get in there and then kind of change tune. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think people, people, yeah. people are so under for me it is so, I mean, like my well, first so reaction sensitive. is to like laugh. Hold, hold on one second. They're but so sensitive. It, but I get it. Yeah. They're so sensitive because dude, we've all witnessed what these people have done. Totally. And we're all, and it's not going under the radar anymore. Like people are now like, okay, anything world economic forum. No. Yes, Anything that's Soros, no. Alex Soros, no. George Soros, Rick Sor- fucking Soros Soros, no. No yeah. Soros. Like, like that's where people are at. And that's, so- That's where people should be at yeah. right now. So so I'm trying so, to- So I think The reason I'm asking make, these yeah. questions is because I want to get my- So Donald Trump, shortly before running for office, took a $160 million loan from George Soros. Mm-hmm. Should that be disqualifying of Donald Trump? My opinion on that, no. Because he's a businessman. Well, no and one, I, and no one does that. talk about that. No one does talk about it. But I, just talk about facts. Let's talk about facts. Right. Right. Shortly before running, you know, in his adult life as a businessman, takes a hundred sixty million dollar loan. Do I hold that against him? No. Do I think the people should hold that against him? No. Because it's guided by what he's going to do. If that came with strings attached to say what you must do in government, different story. But I. But we know it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it's, Ron it's DeSantis. Like yeah. Even you know, George Soros has been praising Ron DeSantis during this race, saying he wants him to win this primary. Hosted in. 
investment partner of George Soros this June hosted a fundraiser for Ron DeSantis. Is that a problem? I don't have all the answers to say whether that is or is yeah. not a problem. I haven't been hitting him over it, but I don't have the facts to say that's a problem. People should decide. I've been very transparent about it. There is a generic scholarship funded by a relative of George Soros who is long dead in 2010. This is his brother, right? Yeah, it's yeah. his brother who made his money independently. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you're 24, you're like, oh, by the way, did I know about George Soros's liberal agendas back then? No. In fact, when did George Soros start funding these soft on crime prosecutors? 2016. So in 24, at the age of 24, if you're in 2010 saying that, hey, there's an opportunity for me to win 50,000 bucks. And actually, I haven't told this story before. Literally, here's how I heard about it. There are a bunch of people in law school that first year, 1L fall, talking about it. They're like, oh, my God, the deadline's Monday for the scholarship. I'm like, oh, what's that? Like, there's the scholarship. You can win 50,000 bucks. I said, oh, that's cool. The deadline was on Monday. I heard about it on Friday. These people have been preparing for weeks. I said, how long does it take to fill out? They're like, oh, there's this application. I said, I'll do it on that Sunday. Did it, turned it in. Win the scholarship for 50,000 bucks at the age of 24? Yeah, you take it. Like, that's the answer. And so, like I said, people, my job is to tell you who I am and what I stand for. We have a country to save. And so if that is really going to hold you up, like on that set of facts, when we got it, we have a serious job to do. Pick who's going to lead this country next. It probably would also have hold you up from picking Donald Trump for taking $160 million loan from yeah, George. Yeah, it's interesting. Probably I've hold never, you up from I've Ron DeSantis. I've heard that. But, but it, it's have you? facts. I've, I've, I've seen it, but I was never able to yeah. like verify it. It's interesting. Yeah, it's facts. It's interesting but, that no one talks about that. But, it's, well, but, I mean, but my point is have all the facts and then make a decision. Yeah. And that's I think that's, that's a fair I'm answer. At. Yeah. Yeah, well. Whose turn I mean, is it's just the truth. Hey, uh, look, dude, it's on you. I, I'm going to ask questions. You yeah, know you saying? should, man. Yeah. And like, everybody should. And yeah. and I've been, you know, I've probably answered this one, you know, 20 some odd times, but that's okay because not everybody hears it every time. We have a website yeah. that we just put up. It was a good suggestion Bro, somebody think, gave us. I just think we're dealing with a uh, very- So he said, all right, here's all, here's all the, and, and, and people should ask the questions. Yeah. But read it for yourself, decide for yourself. Our trust has been violated. Our, our, tr- our trust and belief in- Repeatedly. In, yeah, dude. And, and we've been, we, we, we see- the people come on TV every day and fucking lie to us, dude. Face. Look at the White House spokespeople the entire time Biden's been in office. Look at the media. Look at these fucking people. These people go on TV and they fucking lie to our faces every single day. And yep. so people, are, like, we're at the point now where everybody's like, we're living in a true banana republic. This is total lies. It's Orwell's 1984. And their trust for anything is just... None. Yep. So, and I appreciate the fact that you say so openly, like they should be skeptical. They should. Because I mean, that let's, is let's true. Let's just go through the list because I grew yeah. up in this, right? Lied about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. Yeah. Lied about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Lied about the 2008 financial crisis bailout justification. Lied about who killed Kennedy. Uh, you just keep going down <laughs> there. You just, the Hunter Biden laptop story, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, mm. the origin of COVID. Yeah. I mean, you just keep going down those. Yeah, Our dude. money's being spent in Ukraine. So I get it. I mean, my best advice is be I know skeptical about everybody. Be skeptical about me. We've yeah. got to. It's the only way forward as a country. But we've got to place our bets on how we're going to do this. And I think I know where I'm at. Yeah. And even if I was in the shoes of somebody else looking at the outside in at me, would I be a little skeptical at first? I, maybe I'd be skeptical of everybody. But I think I'm the best bet we've got. And that's I, I why think, I'm in this race. I think you are saying I think what you're saying for most people is exactly what they want to hear. I well, think dude, that, it's super I, refreshing. Dude, listen, yeah. when I saw you raise your hand uh, on TV uh, about the Ukraine thing, or when I saw you say, hey, we shouldn't be giving money to other countries. And then you have people saying, oh, well, you know, 
Israel's our biggest ally. We need Israel. No, we're America, dude. We are Americans. We are taking care of Americans. We have bad American problems right now. And until those are fixed, we shouldn't be doing anything with anybody else. Like, I don't know if anybody's noticed, and probably not because 98% of Americans haven't ever traveled to Europe or anywhere else. But when you go into the, the, the cities of this country versus the cities of other countries, guess who the third world country is? It's not them. It's us. Go to Kensington in the middle of Philadelphia, right? I've gone to India growing up. We've seen, I mean, we used to, we didn't have toilets. We squat on the ground. We get sick every time where we go. Like, that's what that looked like. I have not seen a place worse. And that was India in the 90s. It's not even India today. I've been to Kensington two months ago. I haven't seen a third world nation as bad as Kensington in the middle that's of Philadelphia saying, today yeah. in the United States. And so that's just, that's just, you know what? When I raise my hand for saying that These I would support- These people are Americans. These they, are Americans. When These I would like, pardon Trump or whether what I would do in Ukraine, we, I mean, I've lost serious potential backing over it. Yeah. So, you know, think about think about that when you That's think about point. whether I mean what I'm saying. Yeah, look, dude. It's like over the context of, you know, people say, well, are you just saying that to get, look, <laughs> look I'm not losing serious money in terms of potential donations over this, but you be the judge. And that's the judge of who you want as your next president. I, Do you want someone who's saying the wrong things or somebody who's saying the right things? Someone who's saying the right things is your best darn think, bet. I don't even think it's the it right things. I think it's what the truth is. It's and the sometimes truth. people aren't going to like the truth. Totally. And that's reality. You know, I, I can appreciate the candor very yeah. much. That's what we're founded on. Is it your turn? Yeah. Sandy turn. Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with uh let's go with deep deep state for a thousand. Deep deep state for a thousand. This man allegedly ran an underground CIA operation that used blackmail oh. and pedophilia <laughs> to influence and affect change. Who is Jeffrey Epstein? No. What? No, yes, yeah, it's just Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, hey, you fucker. <laughs> what? Dude, for heart's sake. Listen, man, I'm a fucking winner. You can't do that shit to me. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Epstein, man. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. <clears throat> what do you really think the whole Epstein Island thing? Like, like, I mean, we can do tenfolds if we need to. I don't know if they're necessary at this point, but like, I don't think it's tinfoil anymore. No, I think that's this what I'm saying. Enough shit is out. Real, yeah. Enough stuff is out. What What is your tinfoil. genuine take on the Epstein Island situation? So I think that there, it's it's kind of what it looks like. You think it's what, it, what it's it looks what like. it looks like, which is that he was the dealer for a lot of men to do what they could afford to pay for, and it was just a quiet understanding that this is how the game works. It's people on both sides of the political aisle, people across the business world, and they knew that if he was in prison and he had a chance to get out, that that was a serious risk. I mean, if you think about like Bill Gates, looks like he got divorced over it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look what they're sweeping under the rug allegedly, for that, yeah. right? And so, no, I mean, they're not allegedly on that. I mean, his 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 wife, <laughs> his wife has been so very she clear. Said straight up, yeah. she said she said straight up that yeah. was his relationship with Epstein. Now she didn't say it was, was going to the reason. islands or anything, yeah. But she's a Bill Gates's like bizarrely allegiant relationship to Jeffrey Epstein was part of what drove his divorce. So this is like nobody in I mean, not nobody, but th there are a lot of people ensnared at the highest levels of business and politics and international governance in what is really just a base human instinct that Jeffrey Epstein was peddling to me, mm -hmm. which was sex. Now about the 
you know, the underage elements of this or whatever. I, I mean, I haven't dived deep into the ugly, sordid nature of this. I started watching the documentary. I just couldn't take it. It didn't make me, made me feel god awful. And so I just said, turn it off. I'm going to watch something else. But it is what meets the eye. Now, that guy dies. It's interesting that he tells supposedly his brother, who comes out and says that they were describing him as suicidal. But in fact, his brother's telling him that he's not suicidal. This is before he dies. And then the guy turns up dead. Oh, and then the cameras are out. The yeah. cameras are out yes. at subway shooting. The cameras are out at Uvalde. I actually think, you know, who, who I think did a pretty good segment on this, which I thought was interesting and asked the right questions. Because there's always like, you can make up like a lot of narratives, but I prefer to stay grounded to fact. Tucker Carlson actually did a pretty good job of this. I want to say it was earlier this year before he, you know, before his TV before show ended. Fox, yeah. It was, um, it was a pretty good evidence-based segment that pointed to the fact that the supposed investigation never really investigated the possibility that it was somebody on the floor, right? Somebody else, a different person a, or potentially even prisoner or guard on the same floor that did the deed, right? The investigation found that nobody came into the prison. Okay, but then you create enough of a smoke screen that attracts the lightning rod. You haven't just eliminated every possibility, but you use that possibility to create a deflection. It's kind of mm -hmm. what they're doing with the Hunter Biden gun charges, right? Mm -hmm. The unlawful possession charges. We're going after him. Maybe he was a cocaine user and he didn't write that as an application for the firearm. What do they know? There's a bunch of public anger at this situation. It's like lightning in the air. It needs a lightning rod. Make that the lightning rod, and then hopefully the real thing goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because nobody so that's, else That's even... the trick they use repeatedly. So I think yeah. they use that trick here with the supposed investigation of whether somebody came in through the front door. They said, no, we have security footage around the perimeter, and nobody came in or out. Well, that doesn't eliminate the possibility. It means there was somebody, somebody inside. Because there's a lot of people inside. Yeah, right. And so to deduce from that that he killed himself is a big leap to ask people to believe, and especially against the circumstances. I just think that one of the things I've said is, look, when I'm U.S. president, we will release the client list. Hmm. I don't care who's on there. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. We've got to roll that log over. Every log that has been festering with something underneath it, roll the log over, see what crawls out. That is the only way we're going to rebuild public trust in this country. Yeah, I believe- Got to see it. My opinion on this Epstein stuff is, and, and I've, I've talked to, a, listen, there's a lot of, you've talked to some of these guys too, um, who have spent time in these agencies who understand what Epstein was really about. And the reason that they are not throwing a lot of these people under the bus is because they are actually using these people to leverage public opinion through their influence. And so you have people who own major social media platforms implicated in this. You have people who own media outlets totally. implicated in this. And they are using the blackmail to to steer the public narrative and the public marketing um, and make trends. And then they're using, like in big tech, you know, bot networks and uh, fake profiles and censorship and then limitation of reach to create these. This is why I said earlier, I don't think the people are with any of this stuff. No. I, like when you nonsense. were talking about the Ukraine flags and the, yep. and the, trans, and the trans flags, flags yep. like, dude, they make it appear that That's people right. are with it. But the reality is, is when we go out here in the real world, who's really with it? There's a tiny little percentage of people that show up and that percentage is getting less and less and less by the day. You know, it's not 2020 where hundreds of millions of people fell for one of these psyops. Totally. Right. Now people are starting to wake up. And that's a good thing. Absolutely, bro. Yeah, that's a Absolutely. good thing. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's one of the great services of, you know, the Trump years expose the corruption of the media. 
expose the corruption of an establishment that now we know at least we're not going to just be blind parrots that parrot out whatever we're fed. Right. Now, the next frontier is don't be anybody's blind parrot. Because it's not just going to be the mainstream media that feeds you those lies. One of the things yeah. I've learned is when when you're in that situation where you have lost your trust in, say, mainstream media or mainstream politicians, it goes back to that void, right? You still have a void. Don't let something else fill that void either. So I'm not – people call us a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not actually a conspiracy theorist. I'm driven by facts and data. Mm. And if those facts and data defect from what the traditional orthodoxy is, great – but if those facts and actual details lead me away from whatever a tantalizing conspiracy narrative would be that might be more fun to pursue, no, I'm still going to stay tethered to what's true. And the Epstein case, it's not that they engineered the cameras from the outside. I mean, I don't have any evidence to suggest that. But it might not have come from the outside. And the fact that they deflected all of the attention over there says that you still got to ask the basic questions that haven't been asked. And I think the public at this point deserves to know who's on that client list. I'll publish it when I'm president. I love it. The DOJ what's, your, has it. what's your opinion on declassification of I think intelligence? Should, I think it should be much more quick than it is today. Yeah. The 20-year the justification is just made up. I mean, if you look at the declassification of those documents around what we knew about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, it came 20 years later. Yeah. 20 years too late after the government already lied it's about it. It's almost like that Pfizer thing where they tried to uh, hold that report for 70 years. It's just, it's just, yeah. they're trying to stonewall you into yeah. saying that nobody's going to care and filibuster. In some sense, they're right. It works. We keep coming so back. I think that, I think the declassification regime needs to change dramatically. I also think this is this entire invocation of national security as a justification for more or less doing anything yeah. Yeah. is God awful. I think the, so FISA, I, I, think, I think the FISA, what is a section seven of the act that allows mm -hmm. wiretapping mm -hmm. on, any conversation that you have with somebody who isn't a U.S. citizen without a warrant is a bastardization of the Fourth Amendment Absolutely. and the Constitution of the United yeah. States. And so I'm, I'm pretty I have pretty strong when it comes to the national security establishment's overreach, pretty strong libertarian instincts that I'm going to abide by in the way I lead this country. When you think We're, like when we keep coming back to trust, right? We yeah. keep coming back to trust, 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 trust. That's a big problem for American people right now. I truly believe that one of the only ways that we can get trust back is through accountability yes. and declassification of information yes. in real time. The truth. I, I just get to the truth. So one thing I've said that I would do in my first month in office is any time a government official has pressured a private actor to do something that the government official couldn't do directly, we will publish it for the world to see. That's what Elon did with the Twitter files. That's one company. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and we saw how ugly that was. I actually wrote about this in January of 2021. I wrote an op-ed in The Wall Street Journal with a former law professor of mine saying that what, what's really happening is the government is using a combination of carrots and sticks, threats and inducements to get social media companies to silence content that otherwise would have been constitutionally permissible. For sure. They said at the time that's a conspiracy theory. The reality is far worse than we ever imagined. Even and the so that's politicians one company. are missing the point, bro. Oh, the politicians are missing yeah. the point completely. So one of the things, well, that's principle number one is transparency, and we don't need Congress to do it. So we will just instruct every government agency on pain of penalty that they have to at least publish, roll the log over, see what crawls out, 
bring the pesticide. And I think that's the way we need the next president to act. Yeah, this, there needs to be real regulation around the censorship issues that come from social media. Senator Eric Schmidt from Missouri was on the show a few weeks ago. Good guy. And he, oh, great guy. Uh, real, real guy. A real yep. guy that really cares. And um, Eric has been fighting against big tech. If, as you know, he's been yep. filing the lawsuits. Now, one of the things that nobody talks about is how they actually censor. They talk about how they just put a warning label or they remove platform and deplatform, right? Like how they did to Trump. But that's not really how they censor. Oh, dude. yeah. It's, it's, how it's they all censor is, invisible. It's the freedom of reach that's that right. they talk about. Freedom of speech is not freedom of reach. Yeah, and that's say. bullshit. It's that's BS, censorship. Total BS. Yep. And that's how they craft the narratives. And so, and so you might say something, but it's purposefully buried by algorithms. The other thing is they've kicked it down the chain. So it's not the top executives anymore. It's not just, it's first it was distributed people, little minions working through the companies. So they had plausible deniability. They right. say, oh no, no, it was just a minion. Now they go from the minion to actually making it AI. So here's a dirty little secret within Silicon Valley, okay? The way the AI works is it's a trained algorithm, right? They train the algorithm to sort of spot who's likely to be suspicious or not. I kid you not. If you have an American flag on your profile, your speech is more likely to be flagged for review. So think about how dystopian that is right now. It's like straight out of Orwell. We're living in it. We're in the United yeah. States, and if you have a U.S. flag, that means that what you say is more likely to be algorithmically suppressed. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. But but I want to ask you because you know so you're running for president. The deep deep the deep state is an issue. Yes. How do you combat it? So I think the way our system works is actually on pretty solid footing. Mm -hmm. Okay, the U.S. president is empowered by Article 2 of the Constitution to run the executive branch of the government. Who would have ever thought that there's one executive branch and that the U.S. president is actually empowered to use it? So read the law. There's the 1977 Presidential Reorganization Act that says that if there are redundant government agencies— mm -hmm. Or if there are actual agencies that would the shutdown of which would stimulate the economy, then the U.S. president already has the authority from Congress to do it. Those provisions of the 1977 Act are unexpired. Read the civil service protection rules. Like I said earlier, they don't apply to mass layoffs. That's why mass layoffs are absolutely what we want to bring to the table. You know, and, and you know, we'll probably bore your audience here, but 5 U.S.C. 3302. It's a law that gives the U.S. president the sole authority to set the regulations governing the Office of Personnel Management. That's the HR department mm -hmm. of the executive branch of the federal government. What we have missed is a combination of, yes, someone who understands all of that is usually going to be some legal scholar or somebody who's an academic or somebody who understands it but doesn't want to use that authority because they're part of the system. But you need somebody who has an understanding of the laws in the Constitution combined with somebody who has complete and total disregard for the norms in the administrative state in Washington, D.C. And so I think that that's a rare combination, right? Those qualities don't go together. Yes. But that's why I say I look myself in the mirror. We each ask ourselves, how are we going to play our part? And all it takes, this is good news. We don't need Congress for this. Mm -hmm. right? Congress is in some ways, many senses, bought into the system by the same special interests that control Congress also want that administrative regulatory state to keep pushing the regulations that protect the people who are in charge in the private sector. There's a reason why big companies want to self-regulate because it creates barriers for smaller companies from competing against them. So it's that rare combination. 
an outsider who comes in willing to break glass, but who also understands the toolkit that the U.S. president can actually wield, not just relying on advisors because advisors are still swamp creatures most of the time. They were in Trump's administration for sure. Yeah. That's a rare combination. So, so I can get this job done. By the end of my first term, 75% headcount reduction in the U.S. federal bureaucracy, no problem. Shutting down multiple government agencies, no problem. It just takes, you know, the 2024 election landing in the right person's unique hands to be able to see that through. And that's the one thing I know I can get done. So we, he promised us an hour and a half. We're past an hour and a half. Let me ask the last thing. Yeah. Taxes. Yes. All right. 12% flat tax. All right. <laughs> Across the board. And, and by the way, eliminate Bro, the broken- we're, so, we're very aligned. I mean, we just, yeah. equality of opportunity. The, the it was harder is, for me to, I mean, here, I didn't grow up in wealth. Why do we want to create a treadmill that makes it harder for people, people to live the American dream? People don't understand the financial oppression that occurs. You understand as a business owner. 12%. I, corporate, I understand, capital yes. gain, ordinary income, I don't care. All these are how, artificial distinctions, 12% flat How many tax. more careers could you create with a 12% tax? Tons, actually. Dude. I mean, it'd be a revival, economic revival yes. in this country. That's okay. what the American dreams founded on. We're very aligned. I, I'm, I'm still for heads on stakes. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we just, we, I, I'm for people behind bars using the judicial system yeah. to do it and hold them accountable. I'm with you, that's bro. A, yeah. that's, that's, but if the death penalty is the consequence, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Yeah. And so be it. Hey, listen, I, I just want to, real talk, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, just, I want to say, hey, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, man. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I, I get a really good feeling from you. I'm pretty good with people. Um, I'm, I appreciate you addressing some of the more, you know, difficult issues you. that you're getting hammered with right now. I think these are important issues to address and I respect the way that you've addressed them. So, um, Let's do it again. Yeah, man. Yeah, so we can come I, back I would and enjoy this. Anytime, man. Like, <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this. As, this is... as the campaign unfolds and as some more things, let's try to set something up again. That'd be fun. You know, as you go across the country, stop in here and we'll hit something. I'd love that. But, uh, but I just want to say, man, I think what you're doing is important. Uh, I respect that you're doing it as a 38-year-old man. That's That takes a lot of courage and a lot of a lot of balls. And um, I, I, th I think it's fucking awesome, man. Thanks, Real man. Talk. We'll, we'll, now, we'll keep at it. Yeah, now... now you know, we're going to see what happens in the primaries. That would be my last question. Mm -hmm. If you aren't selected as the candidate, how do you see yourself moving from there? I'm not a plan B kind of guy. I understand. This I'm is not, not how I'm wired. Yeah. And so, I've, you know, you, you take this undertaking on laser focused on what you set out to do. I can respect that. And for me, my destination isn't even January 2025 when we take office. It's January 2033 when we leave office. Yeah. I'm laser focused on that. I haven't made a lot of promises, but there are a few promises I've made I intend to keep. When we leave office, we'll drop the mic and then move on to the next phase of life from there. And, you know, I didn't get to where I am, and I suspect you didn't get to where you are either by being plan B kind of people. No. You know, you, you map I've it. You've got entire podcasts about not having a plan B. I respect, oh, you do? Oh, seriously. I well, I'm not a plan answer. B guy. So, so that's yeah. just the answer. Total and, commitment. And even even at earlier stages in my life, and when you, when you sort of try to map it out on a paper, well, if this, then this. Your plans are stupid. Yeah. And my plans are stupid. It's not about my plans. No, no, it's no. about a vision for the country. And We've committed ourselves to it. That's right. We're not stopping until we're done. Anything that's the great requires that level of commitment. That's something that we talk about on the show all the that's time. That's my experience in life. Dude, you cannot do it. You can't do yeah. it if you're thinking about other things. It's going to get too hard and you're going to exactly. think, okay, what about this? So yeah, that's, that's the answer. All right, man. Well, Thank hey, you. listen. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Guys, listen, that's Thank the you, show. Um, don't be a hoe. Share the show. 
from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. Close.